friends. Welcome to the second episode of Salon Owner Conversations. I'm Daphne Burkell. I'm the owner of Clean My Salon, and I'm so excited to get into the nitty gritty details of running a successful business in the beauty industry. Um, I'm here with today's entrepreneur, Derek Davenport. Is it Davenport or Davenport? Davenport. 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 Okay. Derek Davenport. Um, and he is the owner of Urban Routine here in Wichita. And how many years has it been, Derek? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. And seriously, like I can tell, even if I didn't know that you guys did esthetician stuff over there, I would know just looking at your skin because you were like, you're kind (laughs) of flawless. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. (laughs) We are the ones that like treat ourselves last. That's how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you are listening to the podcast and not the the video podcast on YouTube, this is an incentive to turn it on because Derek is, you know, easy on the eyes because of all that work. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So before the um, mics were on and I was talking and I was communicating with Derek, he mentioned that he, one of his favorite things, one of the things he felt like he was best at was the training and development in his business. Um, So Derek, I wanted to ask you a little bit about that because that Mm -hmm. could go a lot of different directions. Um, You could mean the training and development of your staff. You could mean of yourself. Um, Why don't you explain to me a little bit what you mean by training and development? Yeah, so it goes two ways. Number one, um, when I set out to open this business, the first thing that I wanted to do was uh, build a place where skincare was the main focus. Um, there wasn't a place that really focused on skincare. I mean, it was usually a salon and then they had a spa on the back. So that comes from really education, education for ourselves, for our clients, for our community, that there's so much out there, um, but ingredients and what we're putting onto our skin is so important. Um, so we spend a lot of time onboarding and I work with some of the top Um, estheticians in the country, uh, product formulators. Um, I have one that's an amazing mentor that just keeps me up to date on the new science, what's happening. Um, So I'm blessed to have made those connections early on and then I can feed those down into my team. Um, But we have a pretty long onboarding process that, um, you know, I kind of have this philosophy and I know this is really weird and owners listening are going to be like, wait, what? Um, I am more worried about, or I guess I get more concerned on the education. When you come in for a service, I would rather you leave more educated than really about the experience itself. So for me as a business owner, I lose track of like, like this was a good example of a conversation I was having with my managers the other day was like, there were still some baseboards that needed to put in or like, you know, we wanted to redo the paint colors. But for me, it's like, I'm just so focused on the client being educated that sometimes as the owner, I forget like the little details of the space itself that wrap up the experience. And so that is what I meant by training and development for the staff. Now for myself, I come from a corporate management background. So it was sales numbers, like hitting metrics, like every day having calls with the owners, like you were down yesterday, what are you going to do today? So it was always high stress. And while we have to have goals, metrics, performance, um, one of the things that I'm learning through my other two managers is kind of a different perspective on training and developing um, and learning to just train and develop differently because my way of training and developing is like, this is what it is. This is what it does. Here's how you used it. And so I'm always learning and growing as a brand owner and a young brand owner. I mean, we as owners 
have to see the nitty gritty, the financials, the profit and losses, you know, the, the orders going in and out before, like, I didn't have to worry about that when I was managing other people's businesses. Like I was just focused on the people and the growth of the business. And now it's like, you have that plus all the nitty gritty, dirty stuff. So always learning and growing. (laughs) That's awesome. So, okay. What I'm hearing is that when it comes to your business, you are much more focused on providing value to your clients Mm -hmm. than you are the, all the little background stuff going on. Like when people start up a business, they're very focused on like, Oh, like what's the paint color going to be? Like, what's our slogan Mm going to be? What is, you know, what font am I going to use on the business sign? And so you're saying that your default is to kind of overlook those little details and provide value to your clients. Yeah, we still want to create a really amazing space. It's comfortable, the brick, you know, we're under the Eaton. So we've got that just natural historic beauty in the space, the floors. Um, so we didn't really have to do a lot. But yeah, we really built the brand first on like, what are the expectations of the brand? And then went from there. So. Well, that sounds great. It sounds like you put a lot of time and effort into your employees. And I'm sure that's part of the reason you know, that's probably part, one of the biggest reasons why people enjoy being at commission style salons. Um, is my understanding correct that you guys are a commission based business? Yeah. So we actually have a hybrid. So our spa is commission. We have a hair salon in the back, um, of the location. So we're kind of like a one-stop, uh, their booth rent. And then I have a couple that do both. So they're a hybrid. They're like a booth rent in commission when they're on the spa side. So what struggles have you seen from having that model? I think more so for me, it's like learning to blend both to where everyone can meet the same expectations because, um, you know, when it comes down to booth rent, they really are having their own business within your business, but they still represent your business. Um, and so, you know, vice versa on the commission side, it's like you have to have a lot more control but still allow them to have their own brand as well. Because, you know, I hire eclectic people uh, because I believe that one person, like having a set style of person as an employee, like a lot of people do in our industry. The problem is, is that every individual on my team kind of reaches a different target audience. And that's what I wanted was if you have the same style of employee all across the board, you're missing so many demographics. And we really wanted an all-inclusive space that every single person is marketed to and welcomed with open arms. Um, And that my staff, you know, I have somebody on my team that will connect with that person, if that makes sense. Yes, that makes total sense. So you're bringing in all these different personalities um, and so let's say you have a new hire at your salon. And I, and I think that this is Mm -hmm. a huge thing that a lot of salon owners struggle with. What is your onboarding process? What is your training Mm -hmm. process? What have you found is the best way to get a consistently good result of incorporating all of these different personalities into your business? Um, so what I found work and we're actually going back to it, um, because when we reopened after COVID, my staff had, um, tripled actually during shutdown. So when we reopened, it was crazy. I did all the onboarding and, um, what I learned is that 
previously, everyone was responsible for training a new hire. So the new hire got to spend time with each person on the team. Um, and that person got to train on what they were best at. And what that did is it helped them build relationships early on, because a lot of times when it comes to training is that when that person is just with the owner or the manager for the whole time, there's never really any relationships built with the rest of the staff. And so not only do they have to go onto the floor and start building clientele, they've got to build relationships with the staff as well. And so our onboarding process is that, you know, I'll do a little bit of it, but they'll meet with my talent development manager. They'll meet with my operations manager. They'll work the front desk and then they'll train with, you know, some of my key employees and learn, you know, whatever the service might be. And what that also does is when I go back and see her perform the service or him, you know, if there was like a step missed or, you know, I can go back to the trainer and make sure that they're following the protocol and that they're not skipping steps to make sure that it's consistent across the board as well, too. So it's kind of a full team accountability, which I really like. Yeah, that sounds great because then not only are they trained in the process, but they are also immersed in the salon culture. And mm -hmm. then if they don't feel like they belong there or if it's going to work with them, do you feel like they would know by that point because of all the experiences yeah. throughout the salon? Yeah. Yeah. They know, they know, they would know early on that like, Hey, this isn't going to be for me or, um, you know, the expectations because, you know, the ones that are doing the training are my top, you know, my top employees that live and breathe the culture and uh, the mission behind the brand. So, mm -hmm. but we can really tell. So we do, um, you know, if you've seen our Instagram is that we really embody healing in a modern way. Um, we really tie back to like our ancestors, how they used to heal from ingredients to sound therapy to meditation. Um, we've tied all that into really modern services. And so I, I don't really like to recruit or anything anymore. Um, what I do is spend a lot of time talking to my brand because our brands are alive and breathing and they need nurtured. And I really let the brand do a lot of the hiring now. That's my focus is that if somebody comes in, it's because the brand has spoken to them. And if they follow us, then they know what we're about, you know? And so energetically speaking, we can usually get a pretty good vibe off someone uh, pretty early on. Mm -hmm. So we're pretty, pretty intuitive inside of the space. And you can feel it when you walk in, the energy is just, I mean, it's like, a whole different environment in a good way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that I, I love, love, love that because there is a big difference between seeing an, a hiring ad. Like, let's say you're trying to hire a salon um, front desk assistant, right? And you're hiring ads like, come work at our salon. You know, you're going to have to schedule appointments and reschedule appointments and it's $12 an hour. And, you know, I've seen so many of these ads and I'm like, you don't even know what's like, you can't even tell which salon you're applying to because they're yeah. all the same. It's like, if it doesn't have any personality, if you haven't infused your core values into your hiring ads, into your website, into just any, any stuff that you put out there to the world, then they're not going to know what they're walking into. And then there's a much higher chance that they're not going to feel like they belong there. Am I just putting right. words? In, is that, am I just putting words in your mouth or is that? Yeah, no, think? that's exactly right. Is, mm -hmm. And nowadays, I mean, I've had this conversation with a lot of salon owners is that mm -hmm. it's really hard to get 
qualified people applying. I mean, I put an Indeed out, uh, um, Indeed app out four months ago for just like a uh, operations person, and there wasn't one qualified person out of the eighty something resumes. I mean, nobody met the check marks for what we wanted and what we expected. So you just kind of have to look within your team too, uh, see if there's someone who's willing to step up sometimes and they may not know that you're looking for, you know, that position. I mean, my two new managers, um, not new, but my newest managers that basically help run the salon and spa. I mean, I went to them and I said, look, this is your past. Would you be interested in taking this? Um, and they were like, yeah, absolutely. But they would have never have come to me probably had I not went to them first. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I love that. That's great. So looking in more places than just, you know, putting out an ad Mm -hmm. and hoping that the universe sends you the perfect candidate. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to have to take a little bit of manifestation. (laughs) Yeah. Manifest every day for your brand to bring people to you and the right people and it'll happen. It'll happen. Mm -hmm. So once you have that candidate that you have hired and you really feel like mm-hmm. they're they're a great fit for your brand and they're they're really enjoying their time there, which is always a good sign. Um, so how much do you budget for the training and development of your staff? Like what's been some of your favorite, I guess, favorite resources, like specific resources that you use to train them and does it cost money? Yeah. So really the biggest expense that we have is just, of course, paying them a training wage um, because I want to make sure that they're making money and I want to get them out of training as quick as possible, but I don't want to sacrifice like the quality of their training either. So typically what's really nice is that the brands that we've chosen to partner with all have online platforms and models. And we have um, agreements worked out with our, with a lot of our vendors that anytime we have a new trainee, I already start planning their training to where I don't do all of it. Um, I just can't because we have such a big menu. We have a lot of product lines that on top of me taking clients, like it would just, it would end up hurting the employee if I did all of the training myself. Um, And so we actually have like a couple of online academies that they do on their own. And that also tells me like how driven they are. If they're getting them done, taking notes, asking questions, if I have someone like blazing through it that doesn't ask a single question, I know how in-depth those are. So then I know, okay, let's, let's back up and let's go back. So as the owner, you know, you mentioned that Mm -hmm. you can't do all the training (laughs) because there's a lot of other, you know, high dollar things that you could be doing behind the scenes of your business. Right. Um, so as the owner, what have you found is the most beneficial or many things, actually, there's probably many things that you have found beneficial to outsource. So in your experience, what should salon owners be doing? What should they not be doing? So the biggest thing that I will say that I've learned, and I have a brand coach that I've used um, for three and a half years now, she's been with me, or I've been with her, um, is that you have to do what you're best at. I hate accounting. I am not a huge fan of operations because I'm so OCD that like my operations would be like 800 steps. Um, And so I'm learning the importance of simplicity. Um, So for me, what I'm best at is education and development and working with clients. As an owner, I will never not take clients. I love it so much. Um, And so, you know, just as an owner, you just have to stop and think, 
and really look at like, where's my time best spent? Mm -hmm. And in our industry, a lot of owners are best with clients. That's where we started. And so finding people that can do the stuff like the front desk, you know, the operations and trusting them, um, that's been so good for me and helpful. Yeah. I'm sure it's hard to let go of that control, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And it still is, but it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to open your, your mind up to when I opened urban routine, I had this, this certain concept in mind that it would become. And with my new managers, you know, I'm really learning a lot because I'm listening to them. Um, I'm taking, you know, their input and we're applying it and it's working really, really well because my way is not always the best way. And there's a lot of different approaches out there to take. And I want to make sure that I'm honoring, you know, those who are helping me lead my team by putting their input in there and putting it to work. Mm -hmm. And that's been really hard for me because I am a very like type A personality, like OCD and just like, you know, when you have a brand, it's your baby, like it's, you birthed it into the world and you want, you know, it's like, you want it to be so well taken care of and just like like a human, it's going to grow. It's going to change. It's going to sometimes turn into something totally different and that's okay. So I really value having those different, like inputs and mindsets all working together. Yeah. You could do everything right. Because you're like, Oh, it would save me money if I did all of this myself. Cause I wouldn't have to hire anyone to do it. And I would probably do it the best. And it's like, yes, you could, but then you wouldn't be doing the running your actual business, which is actually what's going to make your business prosper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't tell you how many, I mean, we, so I'm, I'm not a salon owner. I own clean my salon here in Wichita. So we, we only, so all we do is service salons. So I've talked to many salon owners and some of them are like coming in and cleaning on the weekends and they're doing their own accounting and they are training. And I'm like, Oh, and they're like basically crying, like telling me this. I'm like, Oh, you need a break. Like you. So I love you that you said you need to focus on what you're best at because usually that's what you're most passionate about. And then the other stuff, obviously you care about, but let somebody do it 90% as well as you would do it for your own sanity. And so you can grow your business. Yeah. And let them do it their way. Like my operations manager, for example, when she came in, we just started like really building a lot of our operations and streamlining a lot of our processes uh, in February. And her way isn't always the way that I would have done it, but because like, I have so much faith in her and she's done such a phenomenal job that it's like perfect. You know, like if that's what you believe and is going, you're going to make that work and can train everybody on it. Let's do it. And I will follow you on this one. Mm -hmm. And so it has been as a salon owner, it has been the biggest refresh and just weight off my shoulders because we do have to put out so many stupid fires all the time. And the staff doesn't know. I mean, they don't see that behind the scenes stuff all the time or at all in some cases that we have a lot. I mean, when you think of taxes, licensing, state, federal, COVID, I mean, God, this pandemic has been crucial and or critical for everyone. It's like, it takes a toll on us fast. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. Especially when you have so much going on in your mind. (laughs) Yeah. You have to deal with it otherwise. Um, well, 
Derek, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you are a very busy man. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but I wanted to ask you just two more questions. Um, first one is just for my own curiosity's sake, what is the most yeah. unique service that you offer? And I ask this because on your Facebook page, I saw that you guys offer booty facials and I was yes. very intrigued and I was like, <laughs> is that the most unique service that they offer or is there more that I'm missing? <laughs> it was very so, what we wanted to do is, so I spent some time in California for a few years and then Texas. Mm -hmm. And uh, part of the reason why we decided to move back to the Midwest, because we felt like we could really bring um, a lot of what the bigger cities and states were doing when it comes to skin and body care. Uh, the booty facial, yes, is definitely <laughs> unique, but it's, you know, we, we don't forget about when with our licensing and what we're able to do. And when people think about an esthetician, they forget that the skin is the largest organ and it covers our entire body. Um, and we all have areas of concern, you know, our butt, um, our, you know, the inside of our thighs, you know, we have people come in that do, um, we do bleaching, like, um, lightning and all the intimate areas we do. Um, like I myself do just a butt lift treatment for people that just want to break up fat tissue and lift the butt. Um, so yeah, the booty facial is unique. We have a vajayshal that treats the bikini area for women and men, um, that wax or shave and get a lot of ingrowns and irritation. Um, so I would say those are probably our most unique that people don't know about, but when it comes to, um, healing wise, you know, we have our Reiki, which is our energy work, and then our sound therapy that are two unique treatments that, um, and our tarot readings that you don't really see in a spa setting most of the time. Um, yeah, I've never heard, I, I haven't seen those, those, uh, services anywhere else. So, I mean, are, and yeah. they're, they're probably, are they pretty popular services? Like, how would you introduce um, if you wanted to, if a salon owner wanted to incorporate a very unique service like that, I mean, how would they start? Are you like, oh, get a haircut and get a free butt facial, like to get people to try it or are people pretty adventurous? Yeah, people are pretty adventurous and they really like it. Um, I will say the community loves the uniqueness. Um, my team that really does that, they do awesome at marketing it. And so people just, they stop and they think and they go, oh, like, yeah, I'm going to be in a bikini soon. And, you know, I don't ever think of that area. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of times, you know, they, they think, oh, I'm just going to go in and get a facial, but we just wanted to be so much more than that. That's why we transitioned into more of a wellness center. And uh, we're going through some rebranding and launching our new branding and everything in May that really embodies everything self-care because if there's one thing, especially this pandemic has taught us is that we don't take um, as good a care of ourselves just mentally um, as we should. And we are capable of doing so much of that um, within our licensing. And so, you know, with the Reiki and the sound therapy, it takes your treatments to a whole other level. And it's like one hour that you can just well, I, I love that you call it a wellness center because that is why people go to a salon in the first place, right? It's not because they're going to be like, Hey, Derek, here's a hundred bucks, like rub some mud on my face. Like it's not about yeah. that. It's about, it's about how it makes you feel and about the community and getting that sense of human connection while you take care of yourself. So yeah. I, I love how you, how unique your brand is. Yeah. I love how passionate about it you are. Um, so I would love for you to, to give yeah. one piece as we end 
um, one piece of actionable advice for any salon owners listening, just one thing, the one thing, if you could give them a piece of advice to improve on their business today, what would it be? Um, and then tell them if they want to get some help from you one-on-one, what they can do to make that happen. My number one piece of advice when I'm working with brand owners is to find your unique selling point. Um, there are so many trends and bright and shiny objects out there, but it's like, what connects to you? Like if you are going to call yourself, you know, we do, we're, we're a wellness center. So it's like, we have to show and embrace wellness. Like I couldn't do that if I didn't believe in wellness. And so our industry changes so much that a lot of times brand owners get so caught up in trends that they lose focus of like what's important to them. Mm. Um, And so that's my number one piece of advice is just sit and think with your brand and talk to it and find out like, what does your brand want to become and what does it want to be? And how do you tie into the brand? And we do coaching. um, So I do one-on-ones. I do it on treatments. I do it on business models. So they can just email Derek at urbanroutineskin.com. And then we can set up a time to chat. Usually I start with a 30 minute consult just to figure out like, what are their needs? Make sure that we're a good fit for each other. Um, You know, because once I get in there, I'm going to get in there and, you know, just really help figure out where the disconnect is. And, uh, you know, align you back with your brand. All right. Thank you so, so much, Derek. I, I've really loved every minute of listening to you Thanks. and it's made me very motivated yeah. to just do what I'm passionate about and I don't even own a salon. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure people are going to get tons of value from you. And obviously you would make an excellent one-on-one coach. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for your time and um, tune in next time for the next episode of Salon Owner Conversations. Again, I'm Daphne Burkell, and this has been Derek Davenport, and that's a wrap.